Wonderful. <laughs> Good job. Uh, All right, we're going to... Yeah. Nice to meet you, Tassica. Uh, I'm very, nice very excited to about today's too. conversation. Wait, you broke up. What did you say? Very, very excited about today's conversation. Oh, yes, me too. Thank you for even inviting me and thinking about me. You're very welcome. All righty. All right. Hey, room, you getting started? Welcome to The Radical Bureaucrat, a podcast for people who want to change institutions from the inside. It is the afternoon of Friday, March 20th. Yes, it is uh, really that date. Today we're excited to talk to Tassica Lloyd. Tassica is an award-winning sociologist and communications leader who specializes in behavioral science and statistics. Uh, Really cool stuff that nerds like me get really excited about. Firmly planted at the intersection of communications and culture, she supports organizations by developing messaging that's informed by evidence-based research. Temple graduate, double majored in sociology and African-American studies, and got her IRB certification to study human subjects, focusing on socioeconomic factors that impact the quality of life within disenfranchised communities. That sounds like a topic of conversation that I'm typically very interested in. Her research laid the groundwork for merging storytelling and science in ways that elevated the most vulnerable in our society. Over her 10-year career, Tasica has worked with international, national, and local entities, most notably quality improvement organizations, a national nursing association, several Fortune 500 companies, and a presidential candidate campaign. So she's uh, been through some stuff. (laughs) Yes. Her expertise in strategic communications and digital content predominantly supports the healthcare and technology sectors. She's currently located in the DMV. Is that right? Yep. The DMV, like District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia area. Yeah. Oh, see, mm-hmm. I, gotcha. I thought I thought we were saying she's locked in a DMV. I was going to be very worried. <laughs> <laughs> she's located in the DMV metro area, which is a thing I just learned about, working for a tech company, finishing her second novel and speaking at various engagements. She's a great Twitter follow, and I mean it. Uh, you should follow her at T underscore L-L-O-Y-D, T underscore Lloyd with two L's. Welcome, Tassica. Thank you. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thank you. We're doing all right. Thank Hanging in there. <laughs> yes. So I have to ask, um, because we in in Sam and my circle of uh, folks who are doing what we phrase as the work, quote unquote, um, Mm -hmm. we often talk about names and the significance of names, the pronunciation and mispronunciation of names. We've all watched the Key and Peele Aaron sketch a hundred times and like (laughs) the ways that names show up in schools and then in bigger organizations and society is so interesting. So would you mind telling us any kind of story about your name, whatever you feel uh, comfortable or able to share? Okay, that's a good startup question. Um, My name is actually Japanese and it means authority. Um, And I learned about it by accident when I was in high school Uh, Me and my homegirls were on Canal Street, which is pretty much a street in New York where they sell Mm off-brand goods. 
And my homegirl was like, Pacifica. And she was calling me because I was staying pretty far away. And everybody started packing up. And so we didn't understand why. And this other guy comes over to me and he taps me on my shoulder. And he's like, is your name Pacifica? And I'm like, yeah, that's my name. He's like, oh, it means authority or police. So everybody started packing up because <laughs> wow. the NYPD was coming, but it just it was just me and my homegirl. So that's how I learned that my name meant that. I had no idea before. Um, and I usually go by Lisa just because it's easier to just say and remember for a lot of people when you're meeting people everywhere. Um, but either way, it's fine as long as people pronounce it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a great mm-hmm. story. Thank you for sharing that. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for you. asking. That's amazing. So, tell us, um, disorient us to, to where exactly are you in the DMV and how are you and, and how are things in your community? So, I'm in, I'm about 20 minutes from Silver Spring, which is basically their, pretty much their biggest like city type, closest mm-hmm. city. Um, outside of being D.C. And right, like on the northern edge of the, the district, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty um, different right now. So typically it's buzzing with kids and families, everything, especially because the weather is nice. Mm-hmm. But now we have the National Guard setting up out here. Um, we have a larger police presence. Um, the kids are out of school indefinitely. Uh, we started with like an April 20th date and now they're saying prepare for children to be out of school for the entire time, which I have a 14 year old. So mm. we're just adjusting to that. And there's no curriculum for the students. Mm. So 14 years old, she literally has no instruction from her teachers. So how am I going to create a curriculum for her to kind of keep her mind fresh and working and I can't imagine what parents with younger children are doing because they need to actually learn something every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, they need more instruction. Uh, we have a lot. We have an older population out here as well. So it is good to see that the stores are opening an hour earlier for them to shop while everything is still sanitized. So that's mm. remarkable. And then we have obviously a lot of military folks out here. So you're, you're just seeing a lot more tanks. We're seeing a lot more police cruisers. Um, and our grocery stores are, are pretty good, I will say, compared to what I've seen online. Um, our Trader Joe's, our Target's, they're pretty much stocked. Um, mm. There's no cleaning supplies at all left. Mm. It's, did, it's an adjustment. Did you say you're seeing tanks? Yeah, we have. Um, so I'm located by Fort Meade. Not uh-huh. in Fort Meade, so they have some like those big tanks rolling around. I don't know what they're going to use them for. Probably roadblocks, I'm guessing, huh. um, to make sure that people aren't really traveling past the 8 p.m. curfew. Um, we are closing down anything that's not a restaurant with takeout, um, pharmacies, and grocery stores. Other than that, you're shut down. So it's interesting. So, so there's an 8 p.m. curfew in place where you are. Mm-hmm. And there's no, the school district hasn't made a plan for online learning or anything like that? They're not saying they're going to put something out? No. So we got the order that school was closed on Wednesday. Nope. Thursday. Yesterday. Not Thursday. Last Thursday. 
Got it. And they went back to school on Friday, and I just assumed that they were going to give them a packet or just some further instructions. Um, but it's been a week now, and I've been checking online, my daughter's checked, and there has not been any curriculum updated for these kids. Um, and they wow. are doing the meal programs out here. So they are mm-hmm. providing breakfast, lunch, and dinner for children who whose only meal happens at school, sadly. But that's the only support these students have. Let me ask what school district it is. I'm in Anne Arundel County. Okay. It's interesting because in New York and in Los Angeles, I know there are big initiatives to move to remote learning and distribute laptops and things like this. But, it, you know, the smaller school districts around the country, there's, there's not much news about what's happening in them. And you're, you're probably not alone. I'm sure a lot of districts are at a loss as to how to implement that kind of thing. But um, I want to ask you, and how are you holding up personally, just in terms of your uh, emotional, you know, look at on all this? That's a really um, fair question because I was just talking to one of my friends about it. Um, as a parent, I'm extremely worried because yeah. I, I, I have I have asthma. So I'm already high risk. My mm-hmm. daughter has had the, the only the flu before, and she was almost a goner with that one. And I'm like, oh gosh, I can't imagine the corona coming. But I'm also very worried about essentially what does this do for her education and social right. development. I'm also really worried. Um, my mom is in New York still, and I only have one parent left. So I'm worried about people who only have one parent and who are trying to get to their parents, but mm. they can't for money reasons or just access or work. Um, so it's a very heavy feeling for me. Um, and then educating people on the ways that our cultural behavior is lending itself to the problem is also a heavy task because mm. yes. people are not really looking. They're not really looking yes. at their own behavior. Um, say that, I, say that one more time. Say that one more time so that it sinks in. <laughs> people, people are not looking at how our cultural behavior is lending itself to the problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of this administration and how they've been handling this at all, right? Like, everybody mm-hmm. should be clear on that with me, at least. Mm-hmm. What I will say is you can do more good changing your behavior than you can change the government overnight. Um, and I want people to focus on that because culture informs the government, whether we want to admit it or not. Like, Trump is a product of America. Mm-hmm. And we really have to look deeply at what kind of behavior we are perpetuating. What kind of behavior are we enabling? What kind of behavior are we allowing? Because what are we doing? The fact mm-hmm. that people are, I mean, they're young, yes, but the fact that people we're still on spring break in Miami when mm-hmm. our country is preparing for an unprecedented shutdown is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a 20-year-old on spring break, too. I get it. I totally get it. Mm. I just think that sometimes we, we get so far from collectivism. Mm. Instead of tackling collectivism or our lack thereof, we're like, well, the government's bad. The government didn't do its job. The government didn't show up for us. We didn't show up for us either. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, how do we have some accountability to ourselves? And, and how is the accountability that we hold ourselves up to really enforcing 
standards for our children, right? Like, I have to... I have to be mindful of how I behave because my daughter will follow me whether I like it or not. So if a pandemic were to come again, God forbid, she's going to know, well, my mom did not go out. She practiced um, quarantining. She only stocked up on the items that were absolutely necessary and she didn't panic. Mm. There's a, there's a thing of like, and I, I really want to talk about people stocking up unreasonably. Mm. When we are so privileged to stock up for three months in advance, you completely forget about the family who does not have that privilege. Mm -hmm. There are families who do live paycheck to paycheck, who cannot, mm -hmm. who cannot afford to buy three months of food in one shot. Mm -hmm. So when, when you bought three months of food in one shot, did you get your neighbor anything? Did you pick them up anything? Mm. Did you share? Did you, did you even think about the person whose check doesn't get cleared mm -hmm. till Friday? Now they have nothing left. Um, so it's just really, like, I'm anxious, but I'm also very frustrated because I think at the most local level, there was more that we could have done as a community to support the elderly, the immunocompromised, and the disenfranchised who do not have the financial bargaining power to, to prepare for months in advance. Yeah. So I, I want to jump in here and, and let our listeners know that the reason we reached out to you, to, to Tasica, is because um, you had a tweet, a tweet thread that went a little viral a few days ago. And um, a lot of the message that you just gave was in that thread, but I want to yeah. just reference that for folks. And the tweet thread started off, I think, the problem is not the virus, the problem is us. And there was mm -hmm. a double entendre there. With <laughs> us. Capital us, um, capital U.S. Yeah, capital us. U.S. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to add, but we were going to ask you to just to expand on that. And I think that, that, that the message of collectivism that you're saying right now is so real. And that was kind of the main thrust of, of what you were saying. And you also said that just in terms of a challenge you're facing right now is trying to educate people around this. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about what you've been doing on Twitter or anywhere else? Like, what, what, what are you doing to try to make people aware and how is it being received? So 99% of the time, people receive the message well. Um, mm. One, because they benefit from collectivism, right? Mm. <laughs> so I expect them to actually enjoy the message. But there's this 1% that is so detached from accountability. Mm -hmm. And this one person, I really go back and forth with them because the one person will say, well, I think A, B, and C. And I'm like, hey, I understand what you think, but mm -hmm. when you look at the U.S. as a culture, when you're talking to experts who have studied this, who have spent their lives doing this work, we're trying to tell you that what you think does not compare to what <laughs> is. And what they think is only from their limited world view. Hmm. Now, you, you can ask any sociologist, any anthropologist, any even psychologist. They can tell you that this was coming down the line. Like, none, none of the social sciences are shocked. Mm -hmm. The thing that we are feeling is we're at this tipping point. How can we create a call to action that allows us to survive this mm -hmm. in the most efficient way possible? 
So online, the conversation is thriving, and I'm glad because I want people to look at themselves before going outwardly into the government. Because the thing is, how you behave, you are you might be in birth to the next president. So what type of leader are we? we, we right. You know, we, we can talk about Trump right now, of course, right? But again, we're raising the next president right now. Mm-hmm. What is that little boy or girl seeing from us? Are they seeing collectivism? Are they seeing family-oriented behavior? Are they seeing people who think a community above self? Probably not. And we can talk about China's very strict regime. We can talk about that all day. And we can talk about the U.S.'s regime, which is God knows what at this at this very point. It's a mosaic, but, like the nation itself. <laughs> like, we don't know what's going on over here. But, you know, I think it's, um, I come from a Caribbean background, and I've survived hurricanes, and that's a very normal thing in the Caribbean. And so disaster relief is always top of mind. And mm. in preparing for a hurricane, I've never, ever seen people behave the way that I've seen people behave in the United States. Mm. Um, we don't take more than we need. We think of our neighbors. We go in and check on our neighbors. We mm-hmm. understand that disaster is not convenient, right? Like, we understand that we're not going to have a good time this week because there's a hurricane coming. Mm-hmm. And we buckle down and we do what's best for everyone. Um, so the, the conversation, you know, I want people to understand that just the notion that we aren't, that we aren't, raised to check in on our neighbors or to even know our neighbors that is not normal you know Mm -hmm. that you're living next to someone that can't say anything about you that can't speak to your temperament that doesn't know your name they maybe know you have a kid they maybe know that you work nights but they can't tell you anything That's, that's not normal it's not normal that if you live alone no one's gonna find you for three days because your neighbor and you don't speak Mm-hmm. You know, that's not normal and so I think that, that, that there's, this, there's this amazing opportunity for us to get closer to one another and to really look at how technology has given us access to each other but it has created distancing in itself mm-hmm. so when we see people posting on Instagram and Twitter and things like that we're like oh she's fine or oh he's good they just had a baby blah 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 like you feel like you're connected to their life but you're not Mm-hmm. You're not connected. And this false sense of connection, we're seeing it play out. We're seeing the effects of it play out in real life. Mm-hmm. You you thought you had this connection to this person and you don't know that they didn't they weren't able to get supplies. You have no idea that they mm-hmm. are struggling financially. You have no idea that they have no food in their fridge for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Because you watching them online makes you feel like you're connected. You actually haven't talked to them. You actually haven't laid eyes on them. You really are missing one piece of behavioral science that is in, integral in really understanding a person, which is face-to-face, really face-to-face interaction. Wow. And so I'm just, I'm really bummed because in teaching this, um, even to like my company right now, we're, we're all working on messaging that's empathetic and community oriented. So and I'm sure you guys have received emails from CEOs of companies that you frequented or bought their products. Mm-hmm. And CEOs are like, here's what we're doing. Again, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Right. And they're like, well, here's how our product can help you. 
without ever considering that someone in your family may have just passed from COVID. Is this what you want to hear right now? Mm. Like, is this what you really want to hear? Or someone in your family might have gotten it. Is this, is this, do you want to be sold to right now? Right? Mm. Instead of our company's CEO saying, hey, we know that you're afraid. We know that you're anxious. What are your challenges so that we can meet you there? Because we know these companies have money. We know these companies have a reach that no one else has. How are we using that access and that reach to support the community in an authentic way? And I think one conversation I had earlier today, and it was a hard conversation, was we don't need to worry about making money right now. We need to understand that we're going to lose money here. But right. to create an authentic relationship with our clients that they know that it's not business as usual mm-hmm. in a pandemic. It's not, and we're going to pause to see what we can do to support you. Then that creates lifelong loyalty. Right. That that creates a real bond. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have some opportunities here to reinforce connections, establish connections, and slow and slow the spread and the speed of this virus by holding ourselves accountable to our neighbors. I might yeah. be healthy. I might, but my neighbor yeah. isn't. And I see her every day. So maybe I should just chill and stay in the house. So I am thinking something about you, which is that you are a visionary. Uh, (laughs) And part of what I mean by that is you're espousing something that is transformational and that you probably get people who respond sometimes to some of what you're talking about. And you're like, well, they're like, that's not practical. Like, what is that going to do right now? But you're, what you're really talking about is is in the long term, even for your company. Like in the long term, if we want to have a loyal client base, we might take a loss in the short term, but this is what we need to do in the long term. And in terms of collectivism, if we really want a society where we're better prepared for future pandemics, then we need to talk about the way that we think about and treat each other. And you're making me want to make a list right now. I think I'm going to do it as soon as we get off the phone of all the people who I need to reach out to, who I haven't reached out to yet. Um, Cause I'm inspired oh, Sam, by that kind of vision. There goes the rest yeah. of my weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I wanted to catch up on Netflix. But I think, uh, the, um, what you're saying, Patrick, that also is, um, it's so much harder now too, because we have an, an, another message that's smacking us in the face, which is, social distancing, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's this fear and, and, and one message that we're getting is stay away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And and I think, again, this is where your vision comes in because you're saying, yes, be healthy, keep your distance, but that doesn't mean that you can't make a phone call. That doesn't mean that you can't drop groceries in front of someone's door. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling it. Yeah, I mean, if we, your phone is in your hand for a good four to five hours a day, right? Social distancing isn't exactly distancing in the way that we're thinking about it. Keeping our distance physically. Mm-hmm. Now that's what we're really talking about, right? Quarantining mm-hmm. your physical body. But there is no social distance. You have FaceTime, you have Twitter, you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have iMessage, you have WhatsApp. You are literally at the most connected point in history we will ever see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're not distant at all. Mm -hmm. But we're moving our physical bodies out of the way because there is a pandemic. Mm -hmm. 
And that, that we have to differentiate that because people are acting like, well, I can't see people. I can't talk to anybody. I'm going crazy. No, you can't talk to it. You can't talk to people. You can't. You can you can FaceTime someone and look at them and, and see their expressions and, and talk them through something. You can reconnect with all, with people mm-hmm. you haven't spoken to in a while. You actually have the ability. If we looked at this, if this pandemic had happened 15 years ago, now that would be social distancing. Facebook wasn't around. Twitter wasn't around. FaceTime wasn't around. You mm-hmm. literally had, I think we still had minutes on our phone by the, at that point, 15 years mm-hmm. ago. Right, right. It was unlimited until after nine about about that time so that would have been social distancing right because you would have been in your house and you would not have had access to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. so so you have to really be mindful of how we define social distancing and recognize it's just the physical body it's just the physical body it's not denying you access they're not shutting our internet down they're not saying, you know, you can't make any phone calls. I mean, I survived 9-11. The phones were down. That, mm-hmm. That's when I felt socially distant, when mm-hmm. I couldn't even talk to my mother because mm-hmm. I didn't know where she was and she couldn't find me. Um, so, again, it's just like how do we differentiate physical from emotional distancing and understanding that physical is just for a time period. It's just for a moment. It will pass. Um, and, you know, I think the United States is very, very blessed because the majority of the U.S. population has not survived a massive disaster, right? Um, there are fires in California, there's hurricanes in the south, um, there's really bad snowstorms up north, but in the general population of the United States, we've never seen um, hurricanes just wipe out our whole country, right? Or a tornado mm-hmm. wipe out the whole country. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking to when we're behaving like this, we have to also keep in mind that we are neighbors with people who have survived disasters like Hurricane Katrina, mm-hmm. Hurricane Maria, and Irma. And um, in one of the hurricanes I, I, I lived through, I slept in a tub for like three days. And to see people frustrated mm-hmm. because they can't so, get Say that again because I think you broke up and said you slept in a what? A tub. A tub. Oh, yeah. wow. Because you have to sleep in a room with no glass, no window. Right. And to see people frustrated because they can't get the brand of water they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, it's, and this is not to blame anyone. This is really for us to look at our behavior. So I'm just asking the questions. And if you don't like the answers, let's make a change. Right? Yeah. I'm just asking the questions. Think about what you're doing. Let's discover who we really are. Um, and they say it all the time, like, who you are at the worst moment in your life is your character. Period. So we can talk about Trump's character all day, but what about yours? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Abram, we're, we're doing all the talking. You're doing a great job of listening today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to say something else. I'm going to jump in again, which is that when you're talking about character and you're talking about the lessons that you're teaching to your daughter, again, I keep coming back to this idea that you have this broader vision. I think that you know, a lot of what has come up this week is like, hey, can somebody send me stuff online? Like I even saw somebody ask for worksheets at one point. And somebody said to me once that the greatest lesson your kids can learn is to see you live out your values. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you're saying 
you're really, and we talk about values a lot on this podcast. So you're bringing it back to the values. Like what do we really value and Mm -hmm. what are kids really learning? Like so often the lessons that they take away are, are not the, you know, learning objective that's explicitly written on the board, but the, um, the hidden curriculum, uh, and the hidden curriculum of this moment is how are we acting? What values are we showing and and living through? Um, Mm -hmm. so I appreciate that message. And I, I'm warning you, we're, we're about to come up on time. I want to see if Abram has anything to say, but, but this has been amazing. And when I said at the beginning of the call, I was feeling great. I really wasn't feeling great before the call, but once you got on, I was so excited and, and even more so. I'm, I'm, I'm just really feeling uh, blessed to have this conversation. Abram, yeah. any, um, any thoughts or questions before we uh, get, start to wrap up? So many. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, thank, thank you for sharing, uh, with us that, that vision, uh, the, the, what I think is a good word on the times. I I think we, uh, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure and anxiety right now for people. A lot of fear. The feelings, Mm -hmm. the feelings are going to subside though. All feelings eventually subside. Right. And mm-hmm. like the the lizard, the lizard brain will calm down and we'll start to, you know, think again about things like values and what our kids are mm-hmm. picking up from us and stuff like that. And when we do, you know, when we have back our, um, you know, frontal lobe capacity to say yeah. what it, what is the person I want to be? What are what are the people that I come from? Right. What is the meaning of okay. the of these people that I live around? Right. What does it mean to live in in, in the greater D.C. area? What is this city? Mm-hmm. Right. This nation that that relies on it. Uh, you know, what does it mean to live in New York City? What does it mean to live on a farm in Montana? Whatever life you're mm-hmm. living out at this time, you know, the children are watching. And, and I'll tell you what oh. else. I I I firmly, deeply believe that my grandkids are going to tell stories about what I did to try to communicate, to communicate to our values down to them. So, so yeah, yeah, we have a culture problem guys. And a lot of us have been Mm -hmm. saying it. And, and a lot of us before we were saying it, someone else was saying it too. Right. Um, And this is a real chance. This is a real turning point for, for us, I think. As a nation, as as cities, as parents, I, I think what we do over the next few months is going to have such an impact. You know, you hear people, boomers, you hear boomers talk about, and my grandfather, who passed me the name Guerra, uh, would talk about the Great Depression and like mm-hmm. how formative mm-hmm. that was on his childhood. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's what the next few months is about. I think, you know, I know not everybody believes the way that I do. But I think that we've we've got a plague of biblical proportions here. Something in this universe wants us to slow down. Yeah, Something in this absolutely. universe wants us to take some time and and think before we go any further with this thing. Absolutely. The hidden curriculum. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what's on the menu for the rest of the school year. And it's experiential yeah. and it's happening in everybody's living room. Mm-hmm. So, I we got two more questions for, for you before you go. One quick one. We're in yep. New York City. 
Um, so I'm just wondering, where does your mom live? Because oh. we may know people who live yeah, near yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, can we send someone to drop a bag of groceries or something? Mm. Oh, that would be so sweet. She lives in Co-op City. Okay. Oh, that's far. Oh, that's far. Where's no, no, I'm, I, it's not that far Co-op from the City is, I, can, I can get on a bicycle. Co-op City is the <laughs> northern edge of the Bronx, northern. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and, that's, and it is interesting because Co-op City, we could do a mm-hmm. whole podcast series on that place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base with you, though, and, and see what, what, what you think is needed and, and um, what we might be able to do. But um, our last question is we just want to ask, our guests always at the end, what's one thing that is bringing you a sense of calm in the midst of this storm? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, Hmm. What is bringing me a sense of calm is the research. And the research shows that humans are inherently altruistic Hmm. most of the time. And so when we when we come up against times like these where it seems like people are being selfish or inconsiderate or compassionate, it's really an opportunity for us to draw them back into themselves. Because generally speaking, humans are altruistic and we've just Mm. gotten far from that for some reason. So I think that gives me relief because all of the research shows that, that, all of the research and the science shows that humans are kind. And they do go out of their way to help each other. Um, so how do we, you know, it's given me peace to know that we are able to cultivate an environment where that altruism pops back out. Mm. Dang. We're good people. We are really good. We are. Thank you for that. A little yeah, that helps me. Hmm? I said that helps me. Thank you for that. Yes. Yes. People are very good. You know, you 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 got to know that you're meeting the people the mm-hmm. majority of the time. It's just that good people don't know how they can help. And that's what we have to give them. We have to give them ways that they can help and they will rise to the occasion. That's great. Mm-hmm. Listen, we're going to be friends. Okay. <laughs> yes, we are friends now. Um, this is, I mean, we're going to like meet in person. This is, this is, this is happening. We're, you, we are, um, like-minded folks and just very happy to make your acquaintance. Yeah. Um, right. and Go thank side. you for your time. Um, thank you. if we, we're going to keep this going as long as we can, we may ask, might ask you to come back on. Yeah, let us know if I know got you've got a, a lot more to say. Oh, anything for you too. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank uh, you so much for doing this work. It's exhaustive and it's hard and it it can be very disappointing. But mm. thank you for getting this these voices out. Um, I've listened to the podcast and I've heard some amazing conversations from you too. So keep oh, it up. Thank it's, you. The world needs that means so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Take care, Tessa. Take care. Stay well. Stay safe. That was so good. Ooh, that was really we good. We should just say not that much. Like, that was really good. Say that Sorry, I you... said we should say not that much. That was really good. I know, right? Let's just, um, normally we end like good radicals, but <laughs> let's let Tasika have the last word. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, cool. So, All right, so... I'll uh, I'll end us off like good uh, like good bureaucrats. Is that right? 
Yeah, you wanted to give a little shout to um, how people can help us out? Oh, that's right. Uh, what was I? Oh, yeah. So, uh, sorry about that. Uh, see, I've got the I've got the screen right in front of me that tells me what I'm supposed to say next. But then I was I was preparing my head to talk about what I had learned. Um, yes. So help us out, guys. Uh, if you're listening to this, if you listen through that horribly awkward one take awkwardness that just happened, um, then uh, you're with us here and help us out. Uh, we have not had time to add show notes. Um, Add, add some show notes by commenting in Twitter. We need links to stuff that we talk about, you know, readings, uh, connections that you made, um, really, uh, you know, how, how much of an impact we can have by putting, putting this uh, audio out here is going to come from a community of people that find value in it. And so if you find value in it, you know, help us out. Hit us up on Twitter, ask questions, volunteer friends to come on the show. Um, yeah. Absolutely. The Twitter handle is at Rad Bureau. That's at R-A-D-B-U-R-E-A-U. And we look forward to seeing you out there. All right. And so now we can end like being good radicals. Uh, The views expressed here uh, are... bureaucrats. (laughs) uh, Being good bureaucrats. What did I say? Good radicals. Good radicals. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is awesome. Well, you you said no editing. Um, let's also end by being good bureaucrats. The views expressed here are personal opinions and do not reflect the official or unofficial position of any government, agency, policy, party, leader, or really anyone besides the two of us. And maybe you, but maybe not. This content has not been sponsored or approved by anyone and was mostly just made because we wanted an opportunity to talk about things that matter to everyone, whether they realize it or not. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. That was weird. Was that two different songs at the same time? I think it was.